we are for the Rethink Podcast, episode number two in the subject of Leviticus. <laughs> and thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Leviticus. Are you two preaching that this week? I'm trying. I'm in. It's Thursday. You got a couple days. No, I, I've got a sermon written. I've been cutting stuff out of it. Oh, you're at that point. It's just wow. Are you actually going to try to read uh, Leviticus 8, 9, and 10? Because I see on your notes you have large chunks of scripture. Well, that's because I put it in large print. Oh. <laughs> it's not that much scripture. I just can't read it. <laughs> I was thinking, wow, that's that's a lot. There's uh, Leviticus 8, 5 through 9. So four verses, five mm-hmm. verses. Uh, 9, 23, and 24. That must be very large print. 10, yes. 1, and 2. Oh, it's large print. It's like four verses. Because I can't wear these. Because when I wear these, I can't see people. Uh, I can't see their face. I can't see their tears. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see if they fall asleep. So, yeah, I print it large, so I don't have to wear my glasses. So your yeah. the Bible text is looks like it's larger than your handwriting. That's correct. So then do you just kind of know when you get up there where you want to go? I don't even read that. I don't just, know why I put it on okay. there. Okay, I wouldn't sure. So I had a professor tell me one time, it's not necessarily that you're like writing it down for later, but whenever you write it out, it helps like solidify it in your brain. I think that's mm-hmm. correct. I think you're right. I've tried typing the whole thing like <clears throat> you guys do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I can't. Well, see, I handwrite all my sermons first. And then put them in an iPad? And then I put them Seems like a type. terrible waste of time. Well, it's because I refine it, uh, you know, like as I go. So handwritten is... I could use some refining. Just kind of <laughs> notes and such. Yeah. And then typed is finished. So you don't have to use white out and scratch things out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be, to be fair, I mean, that looks like a way cooler of an outline than what we got. But look, it's in purple. It's in black. Uh, large print. It's in pink. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, oh, my favorite though. I is... use see. I got this for Christmas. I Thanks, need mom. This. And uh, her favorite preacher. Yeah. No, you are. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> see, here's all my handwritten notes right here. Like, oh, look at that. Well, no wonder uh, you don't use that. That's really. I was gonna say no one has a clue what any of, any of this means. I have random scripture. So I've got but... random handwritten sheets that go with this that are arrows drawn all over the place. Describe because what I do is just. Throw everything against the wall and then try to bring some order to it. And then on Monday, you throw everything in the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, pretty that much. fell short again. I also have my yardages in here for scope creep. So, you know, you want to. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case uh, you, you know, need those. Out to a thousand. You might need those. So. <laughs> Not on Sunday morning, you won't need those. <laughs> I don't think. That's why I type it. All kinds of notes go in there. <laughs> Well, we are. We're going to try uh, tackling what? chapter eight, scope nine, and ten. Creep. Yeah. Who is who's a scope creep? Scope creep <laughs> is whenever you get so focused in on an area that you lose perspective of the greater things and understanding your mil specs or MOA, depending on what. So is that in there for an illustration later? It is. Oh. I just put put mm. the X on and pull the trigger. <laughs> Get close. <laughs> Lungs are big. It sounds about like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. I don't so, have any semi-automatic <clears throat> weapons, but if I did, I'd just keep pulling the trigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't, mine are lost in a bony accident. So. Let's move on. Um, Leviticus 8, 9, and 10. Sorry, folks. We are... It's heavy. This heavy stuff. So I uh, did my dad's ordination service a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. 
and I was reading through, you know, Leviticus, obviously, because we were getting ready to teach Tell it. people what an ordination service is, because I don't know that everybody knows that. Yeah, so really, it's a dedication of ministry. Uh, we see examples of that all over the New Testament, even some in the Old Testament, depending. Like today. Like mm-hmm. today. And so, yeah, I mean, so really, it's to be set apart, right, for the work of ministry. It's kind of a commissioning. <clears throat> right. An endorsing, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so I read part of Leviticus 8 in that oh, service, right. Right. and uh, I read it, and I said, I know what everyone's thinking. Why? Why in the world are you reading Leviticus, right? So we kind of... That's what everybody here is thinking. Why are <clears throat> right. you preaching this? Mm-hmm. So Andrew and I were talking about how, in a way, this is this is commissioning, right, for these these priests, and you brought up you brought up a really significant point, and I don't know how far you want to jump into this in the podcast, but you were talking about our role mm-hmm. and the difference between uh, priest and the high priest. And so I don't know if you just want to jump into There's that. There's so much division amongst the people in that regard. You know, you have the, the 12 tribes, I'm sure the, it's not necessarily the 12 sons because it, when you read it, Ephraim and Manasseh and you got the whole, but there's 12 tribes mm-hmm. basically from the sons. Then you got the Levite tribe that's responsible for all things Levitical, priestly. But from that are the Kohathites, mm-hmm. which I don't quite fully understand. But of the Kohathites, then you have Aaron specifically and his line, mm-hmm. the high priest. But you have all these other Kohathite priestly functions, people, roles. And then you got the whole tribe. I mean, it's really, there's a there's so much division amongst them. I think that's one of the beautiful things we're going to see when we get to talking about it in the New Testament. Yeah. Go ahead, though, because you understand this better than we. I don't know if I understand it any better, but, <clears throat> I mean, to become a priest, yeah, it's a born thing. It's not an elected thing. It's not like I'm going to run for office of priest. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's It's a really important part. That's a significant thing from the beginning because mm-hmm. it has to parallel with Jesus. Yes. And so, you know, one of our goals is seeing Jesus clearly in Leviticus and understanding how this all ties together and bringing a richer, deeper, fuller understanding of who Jesus is and how he fills all these things. And so, yes, to be a priest, you had to be born into the line of priesthood. And the high priest has certain functions and the priest just the regular priests have different functions because there is a separation there. Only the high priest can offer the uh, atonement, go in on the one day a year to offer the sacrifice for the entire nation of so last, Israel. So last week you went through how many sacrifices? Seven, or five. There's five Seven. major offerings. sacrifices. Yeah, yeah, offerings. And uh, the, the common priest could offer how many of those? Three. Well, right. depending on, technically they could offer all of them except the burnt offering. Which so, was... The once a year day of atonement. Yes. But okay, so there's a there's a difference in the burnt offering and the day of atonement offering, though it's the same They're leading to the same. Yes. So yeah. I was I was working through this question actually this week with some people because the priest could offer all five of the sacrifices by definition. Any priest, not just Aaron. Right. But the one very specific is the Day of Atonement offering it was just for all the high people. Priest. It was only the high priest, no one else. But the high priest had to basically sanction all the other offerings, and if they weren't sanctioned, then they weren't acceptable. So 
it, it was the distinction between who could offer what based upon what that offering functioned as, whether it was a gift yes. or a sin issue. Mm-hmm. And where it was to be sacrificed and brought into. Because there's a barrier of separation mm-hmm. with God in the Holy of Holies. Yep. So only the high priest could go into there. That's one time a year. But the priest, the regular priest, could never enter that. Ever. Ever. They would die. What happened when they took the thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a whole other story. They took the, the tabernacle down and moved it. There's a whole process. There's a whole process mm-hmm. yeah. for that to uh, like sanctify the procedures and everything. Because even the utensils, we'll read in Leviticus. Well, we're not going to read it. But in Leviticus, there's a whole procedure for the utensils that go into the Holy of Holies and into the inner courts and all kinds of stuff. So lots of procedures here. And it is a distinction because, once again, we're dealing with a holy God working through unholy people. Mm-hmm. And so there's steps that have to be you know, mitigated in order for them not to die. It's for their own protection. And that's something else that I think is really interesting. The whole offering sacrifice system is for the benefit of the people so that they can come into relationship with God, and that's the desire. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful picture. We sometimes look at it and go, oh, man, that's like really burdensome, and it's, it's so heavy and so confusing, but it's actually like God wanting. He's, he's creating the pathway for his that's people to commune with him. Chapter 1, verse 1, who yep. called out first? Yep. God. And mm-hmm. that's what we see in chapter 7, too, is the ordination of Aaron and his sons. It says, God called to Moses, and it gives them the instructions on how the ordination process yeah, To goes. me, that's a powerful image for us in the midst of this detail to keep that basic idea. It is, this is God seeking a relationship, drawing near to us or to, to people. You know, sin separates us. We've gone through that process over and over again. Sin separates us from God. You got the banishment from the garden. You got our inability to enter into his presence. You know, the, the sinfulness of man in the presence of God is death. God, God doesn't want that. Right. It has to be because he's holy and pure and just, <laughs> but he doesn't want that. And so he keeps calling. So remember, I'm, I'm talking about parallel, pal, paralleling the book of Leviticus and different pieces of the New Testament. But even in Jesus's trial, where does he go? Who? Jesus. Where do they take Jesus? Takes them to the high, the high priest. The high priest. Okay. So it's just kind of ironic, right? That the No, it's on purpose. The sacrifice <laughs> the sacrifice for the people <laughs> has to be brought to the high priest. And the high priest has to be the one who offers it up. Mm. But Jesus is our high priest and he is the sacrifice. In the moment, like when you're reading this from a you know backwards view of this. They're going, oh my goodness, the sacrifice was brought to the high priest for the atonement of all the people. And then he becomes the high priest. How crazy is that? I got to share that with people. So like, you, we talk about the good news of Jesus all the time, but when they're hearing and seeing this, they can't help but share that type of stuff mm-hmm. to the people around them. So anyway, I just think that's really, huh. like, it's written in there and we would never catch it unless we understand how all of that works with the Levitical I, I priest just, things. That's the first time that's connected. Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew he went to the high priest, but the yeah. significance of that, yeah. it's not so, just that he's proceeding over the Jewish trial. Right. 
Yeah. It, yeah. And it's so whenever we t- it's all foreshadowed. Yeah. Whenever we talk about like God's in control, this is not surprising to him. It's you know the whole one big story. It is, and it's directed by him all the way through to line up exactly how it needed to happen in order for the good news to truly be proclaimed to all people. Hmm. So that's the stuff that like, like, I've not. I didn't read that in a commentary. That's what's so exciting about this is that all of these spiritual connections are just like popping up as I'm reading these together. I'm like, wait a second. This is a picture of this back here, and this is how it's tying together. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe I should do it right now. Me, No. <laughs> I'm not that good. Let's, Let's talk about your to scope. The Holy Spirit. Scope creep. Yeah, it is. That's the exciting part is how the Spirit works in your life as you engage in God's Word. The Holy Spirit's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, He's teaching you, revealing, connecting. It's good. So we've got this this whole system of priests being established in 8, 9, and 10. That's that's the focus here. Last week was the activities and functions and so forth they're participating in. Now we've got the people who preside over this process. That's how I perceive this being unpacked. So chapter 8 is the ordination, mm-hmm. like with your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the priest Bob. He's not the high priest. Right. The priest Bob Farrar. <laughs> Did Father he get Bob. a collar? Father Bob, if you're watching yeah. this, good job. He's not watching it. We Hey, did you guys <laughs> he sing might, the... Uh, I'll, send guys... te- I'll send him a message. Perfect. The Shout song. out to Bob on the... Uh... Father Abraham. Did Father you ever Bob. sing that song? Father Ooh, yeah. Abraham. We did sing that song. Okay, just Many wondering. sons, right arm, left arm. Yeah, we weren't allowed to sing that. At the you church. know what, they should change back. that song. Really? Yeah. Why? Right lobe, left thumb, oh, yeah. right toe. <laughs> Explain that to us. I am confused. Where are we? That's chapter 8. Yeah. What are you Verse 23. Yep. So they put blood, Moses put the blood of the sacrifice on his right lobe, right thumb, right big toe. So you changed the lyrics of the song? I should. It should be more appropriate. Oh, I thought you said you did sing that growing up. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, No, no, what? no. This would be appropriate, though. Like, Father Man. Abraham had many sons. Right. Many sons okay. had five. Right thumb, right lobe. You could do it. You should, you should do it. <laughs> I thought Brown Christian Church was singing that growing up. Is that, That's where you went, right? Uh, that's correct. Okay. No, we didn't sing that. Okay. Lots of other meaningful things. I think things we could work that. that in this week, though. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff so should the lead right, us from The stage. right lobe, the right thumb, the right toe, what's the point? Did you catch that? Uh-huh. What is it? It's all of life. Yeah. Everything that goes in, mm-hmm. Every everything that you do, everywhere that you go, Yep. He he's covering you. So there's a, we talked about this, the... Um, the way like Catholics pray and stuff mm-hmm. and the order of that. This is one of those pictures of a Levitical sign uh, to help them remember God's presence in all that they do in all of life. And so in the, you know, Catholic priests, it's, it's this whole picture birth, that they are, they're, death they're set apart mm-hmm. to be mediators. They're set apart as priests to be go-betweens. And I, I feel like there's a, there's a need for us to really talk about, what they do and don't do because of what we're going to talk about in the New Testament application of it here in a little bit because this does apply to our culture today, mm-hmm. right? But they are, they're set apart. They're distinct. They go before God and they, they take God to man. That's how I roughly summarize that, right? But they're different in this. The high priest was able to do things in regards to sin mm-hmm. that the common priest did not do. Mm-hmm. That has never changed, right? So when we get to the New Testament, when 
First, we're going to go through the book of Hebrews, at least what I'm, I'm doing. Are you going to go to Hebrews yep. when you preach? Yep. Uh, Hebrews 8, 9, 10. Man, if you're going to read Leviticus 8, 9, 10, you got to read Hebrews 8, 9, 10. You kind of have to start in 7. Yeah. If you're going to start in 7, you might as well start in 3. I know, but we don't have time for that. We don't that have time for that. <laughs> you three, just, four, you just go be to funny seven. over there, all right? <laughs> go back to the humor gig. <laughs> He's Googling jokes over here. <laughs> Last time, he, but you're but, right because uh, you got to understand all of it. As I was reading yeah. that, I was like, you know what? Why don't we just study Hebrews next? Because... Honestly, I was wondering the same thing because I'm like, man, so much of this is right here. Yeah. Why didn't we just study Hebrews? Hey, and reference Leviticus. Yeah, group's doing Hebrews. Is it? So yeah, it. No, it, I, Hebrews is live Leviticus in color, but. And HD. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you understand Leviticus, it makes Hebrews like 4K. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. It pops. It's, What's it 2023? So now you're looking like 6K. 6K or 4K what, 8K, old, whatever. Old, old okay. So you, you've got, well, chapter 7 is Melchizedek. But that goes all the way back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. Pre, yeah, pre, pre-Moses, pre-Aaron, pre, None like pre-Abraham's descendants. Somewhere. Even. He's yeah. been promised but not received. Uh-huh. Right, so we have Genesis 14. He encounters a priest who is uh, forever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. named Melchizedek at Salem, <laughs> Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. What in the world is that all about? Yeah. Who is that? Real character? Real man? Let's do an opinion poll. Levi, um, you're here. Yeah. You're here for a reason. Is he, is he a real man? Yes, absolutely. We read about it in Genesis. So he for sure was just there. a man. Uh, well, he was he was a, a priest of the God Most High, so it's this picture of hey, way Eden. to throw some spiritual words around there. That's good. <laughs> it makes it sound like you, I was it, it a man, Matt. I would say that it is, but you you said it the base the best way because you said it like it was a question. <laughs> You're like he's he's real. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna do exactly like Levi did. What do you think, Andrew? Oh. I've this week I've gone back and forth. I figured you probably have on that. I, I can't land anywhere either because I think it's uh, what's it called the uh, theophany. Yeah, theophany of Jesus. Does the Fazio? The theos is God, often in flesh. God becoming flesh. Yeah. So I think we have another picture picture of when God wrestles with Jacob. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's where I'm at on this. It, I, I think it's a it's a unique. Uh, incarnational mm-hmm. presence. This is, I think, it's God in the flesh, hmm. which is Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Right. We, we I mean, to freak anybody out, but with the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, that's not the first time Jesus has been here, <laughs> right? And I don't think it's the first time he's taken on flesh. Hmm. I, I may be wrong about that, though, because not everybody agrees with that. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not going to die on that hill, Mm-mm. but I, I'm going to try to climb it. I, I've read some really smart people on that issue this week. Genesis 14, if you'd like to go cross-reference. I, I don't know. Like, I can't. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm at a well, point what's, of study what's, I can't, I can't What really out. confused me about it when I went through chapter 7 of Hebrews is it talks about him being a priest in the line of Melchizedek, a priest forever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a man, purely man. It can't there, be. there's no man who's forever. Right. Right. So either that's symbolic... That Jesus is of that line, and now that was that was death, but this is not. Or this was Jesus, and so is this. 
and, to, and when he talks about the fulfillment of the high mm -hmm. priest role that's that's a deep subject it's interesting to debate about but i don't think you could be too definitive anyway the priest forever in the line of melchizedek what's the significance beyond who he was about that subject may know chapter 7 hebrews what are you exactly what are you going for what, what's the point of that section? well he is the high priest and he is the sacrifice as well christ yeah right, right. and he's forever mm -hmm. and i think that's what the writer of hebrews is trying to contrast for us aaron died mm -hmm. every high priest in his line that came post aaron died because they're men mm-hmm Jesus is not. Yeah. Jesus is God in the flesh, and therefore he is eternal. And that's how chapter 8 of Hebrews starts out. Right, which is a big deal. Okay, I'm building towards something here because I, I think in our culture there's a lot of misunderstanding about priests. There's a, this is a big deal. So you have Aaron, that, that high priest role, which dealt with sin issues, mm -hmm. passed on through his genetic line. But Jesus became that, and that's, there is not another one ever to mm -hmm. follow mm -hmm. so we don't need a priest to deal with our sin we have jesus yep that's a big deal yep fly in my mouth or something <laughs> great conclusion <laughs> to that that was a very powerful point. point yeah well, this is a blog well, it's a blog or not a blog what no, is this a podcast, podcast. <laughs> let's rewind to 2002 it's supposed to be informal 2002 <laughs> check it's me on my blog it's a vlog a vlog <laughs> No, I, so we have all kind of faith systems based upon men being in the way of God. That, that's where I'm going to root yeah. out. And so you had the medieval church who basically said, like, the church is the priest. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're the only ones able to read Scripture, interpret Scripture, and apply Scripture. And the, and the church in that sense is not the church in our sense where we talk about us as the church. The church there was the hierarchy. Yes, like yeah. the physical priest of that day or minister, mm -hmm. it was, they were called priests. We but. went through periods in history where they would chain the Bible to the, you know, to the building so the people couldn't read it. Mm -hmm. and, and they're actually told not to. Right. Because uh, they really... weren't qualified. Mm -hmm. They weren't set apart in order to understand it. Right. Unfortunately, that, like you were talking about, that some of that being prevalent today, that is a hang-up for a lot of people. Is there almost fearful to pick it up and read it and so there's almost this feeling if i don't pick it up and read it because i don't understand it then i'm not accountable to it well that's not, that's not true. true so you know what i mean it's like right and they, we're not qualified to understand it all but what do we have well the I holy mean, spirit the holy spirit you were just talking about how it's illuminated mm -hmm. the new testament for you because that's what the spirit does like mm -hmm. we're, we're never to a point where we're done studying it it's just, it's part of who we are. It never yeah. stops. Yeah. It just keeps growing and growing in our knowledge and depth. And then responsibility, too, because yeah, Second Peter, and I know you're going to go there, too, about the priesthood of all believers. And so it we have this shift from the medieval church, really, to the Reformed movement. And the Reformed movement says, no, like you have put a, a time, whole... Put a time stamp on that. Oh, when is 17? it? 17? No, it's no, 18. 15. Oh, yeah, 1545. Oh, I was going to say 31. I don't know. I don't know. Like Martin Luther, 31 he's Theses. The, he's probably the he's most probably. accurate. He teaches no, church I history. I was going to yeah. say 18, so. I'm no, it's, it's 15. 1932. 
1932. I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. <laughs> you said 1500s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. early 1500s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was the, the thing. thing. How did they go priesthood develop there? Yeah, so like Martin Luther is one of those guys who is, you know, they're saying you have to be a priest in order to do these things. There's certain rules. And he's like, no, I, I think scripture is meant for all people. Um, and that because you follow Christ, you should have the scriptures. And so there's actually a huge movement with Tyndale and like all those guys who are persecuted because they're trying to bring the scriptures into the written language and so the common person could have them. But it's this movement from a localized person telling you what God wants and application that really got into a power struggle, political type things back to scripture of saying, no, you are a believer in Christ. You've been given the spirit because you've been given a spirit. You've been given a new identity and a new role. And that's the priesthood of believers. We only have one high priest. That's Jesus. We don't, we don't, we can't take care of anybody's sin. So it, we, we had the function of priests. Function of priest. Not high priest. Right. Big and, difference. And so the function yeah. of the priest in this context is to like be good news to the people. So mm-hmm. when Aaron and uh, Moses come out of the tent of meeting and everything's been offered and the ordination has been done with all the priests, they offer a blessing. Mm-hmm. And then fire comes out and consumes the offering is like acceptable. And so... And the people are in awe. Yeah, they fall face down. They mm. worship. It's amazing. That's the whole purpose of like the function of the priest is to bring good news and help people come into the presence of God. Like conduits for for up, right? Yeah. Anytime, anytime anybody in a church leadership position, I don't care what denomination you are, if the focus is me, that th- I'm messed up. Mm-hmm. That is wrong. The, the focus has to always be to reflect Christ and to, to point the glory to God. And if I, if you have to come to me to get to God, that's, man, that's a scary position to be in. Yeah. Because you're claiming to be Jesus. Yeah. I mean, to do the role of Jesus right there. Yeah, we can't take anyone's sins and do anything with them. <laughs> no, need to con- no need to confess to me. Now, we can confess to each other for accountability purposes, but not forgiveness. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Not ultimate... To God, forgiveness maybe mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah, but in our relationship with Him, my confession to a man doesn't make a difference. Yeah, He, Jesus, is the only one that takes away our sins, and I think that's really important. He is the atoning sacrifice, the substitutionary. That's the Spirit. <laughs> I'm telling you what, though, you guys are wading into some deep waters in in our culture theological controversy right but it's <clears throat> yeah i don't know i'm i'm I mean, pretty confident it, on this one though it, yeah i don't know who the who the melchizedek is but i'm pretty sure this one's right <laughs> yeah what i'm saying though is the reason that i think it might be um you know like like i've mentioned deep waters or whatever is because there's a there's a lot of people that i think just kind of assume this is the way it is and haven't really looked at it mm-hmm. to know how this really plays out in scripture. And we got to keep going back to the fact that like, uh, the greatest commentary on the Bible is the Bible. So like that, all the commentaries we're talking about reading for this, those are men. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have to continue to uh, be in God's word and let God's word tell us what to do. Not a person. 
And that's why this study of Leviticus is so important. I mean, last week you went through all of those offerings and sacrifices and who could bring what. And you've got to see that distinction of the high priest and the priest, Mm -hmm. right? And the people separation. And that carries over to the New Testament. Jesus is the high priest. And then the people function as the priests, Mm -hmm. the the people of God, the the holy nation. That's Peter. That's uh, 2 Peter chapter 2. It's powerful things and I, I want people to walk out of this Leviticus series every week really ideally understanding how that would affect their life on a daily basis and I think this does mm-hmm. right? oh, yeah. you're, you're to represent God to the world and then we went through the whole process with the ordination in chapter 8 when you read all that detail and how they had special costume costumes uh, <laughs> clothing <laughs> it looked like a costume you know and all these procedural things and protocol that they had to participate in why because they were set apart yeah right so Matt, no question who they are. Matt and I were talking about this down in the kitchen while we were getting coffee. Is it's a parallel to the armor of God. Yeah. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna reference that in the sermon of like we're they're putting on the battle armor to go into the presence of God, to be a witness to the community all around them to be distinct. And so though we don't have you know turbans and we don't have the which is a disappointment. It, it, you know it, yeah it's kind of. You know, sad. But we don't have all this garb we wear. jeans, it's fine. But what sets us apart is the armor of God that we talk about. It's a spiritual reality of what's going on in a life of a believer. And so... And the thing is, is that, These things are connected so well. mm Mm-hmm. And that's that's for believers, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just for pastors or ministers. Those of you who have been baptized with Christ have been... Yep buried with him you're clothed in him right mm-hmm. so and earlier they, earlier we were talking getting about, longer yeah i know <laughs> we were talking about this distinction between function and role right okay so there are priest function and role yeah so every believer has the function of a priest mm-hmm. okay that's the priesthood of believer but god has given us different roles inside the body of christ which is parallel to their world as well. Yes. And so you have teacher, you have an apostle. Yeah, yeah the like, guy that's that's raising the lambs for sacrifice was uh-huh. of the priestly tribe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And his, he was a farmer. Uh-huh. So that's really important for us to understand because this whole idea of priesthood of believers doesn't eliminate our different roles inside of being the body of Christ. It just makes everyone is responsible for the function of a priest, whoever claims to be a follower of Jesus, which is to be in God's word, read God's word, understand God's word, present God's word, and point people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Every single person has that responsibility who claims Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But you may be a teacher, you may be a construction worker. Very few make podcasts. Right. Yeah. But everybody does something. In all that we do, though, we represent him and point people to him. And that's that's the key. Yeah, that is 100% Mm. key. But doesn't that remind us also of our identity and function, you know, purpose as Christ followers? Oh, like, yeah. And when it elevates that, then it leads us to look what understand it does. Look what it does for are. prayer. I mean, it, your prayer is really taking the needs of of a person before the throne of God. Mm-hmm. That's a priestly priestly responsibility. Yeah. So prayer is a big deal. Yep. So. I'll just challenge people on this because this was kind of a challenge for me in that one sense. So when someone asks you to pray for you, and we've talked about this before, how you just like either type it out or you send a voice, voice text, whatever yeah. it is, we ought to take that probably 
way more serious than we actually do. What do you mean you do a voice text? So like one of the he things... He makes it creepy. You didn't listen to a sermon two weeks ago? I don't know no, which I ones didn't. I used it in. Anyway, I, like I was trying to get it I was trying to get it shorter as I went. Um, no, like whenever whenever some people send me a message and they're like, Hey, can you pray for me? I I've tried to navigate away from saying, Yes, I will and just send it back because that doesn't communicate the heart of what I'm trying to do in that moment. And so I've been either typing it out and then recently I just started a prayer. Yeah. Recently I just started hitting that button that's got the record and mm. just out loud praying for them and send it right back. Mm. And so that way they get to hear us praying for them. Um, and what what's kind of happened is that I get a lot of those messages now. It just continues to, you know, be something. Paula does that. When she, yeah. It's not, we'll pray for you, but can I pray for you? Right. Like as in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you walk down to her office, quite often in her conversations, it's a little, it's weird, right? She's praying for somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was in the... It's a powerful priestly thing. I was in yep. the DMV on Monday. I was telling you about it. Or Tuesday. I was telling you about this. I'm I'm getting a new uh, driver's license because mine expired in like three weeks ago and I didn't know about it. Anyway, so I'm standing there getting my new driver's license and some lady to my right says, hey, will you pray for me? And I said, sure, right now. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Okay, let's do it. And so we we prayed right there, and I had never had the opportunity to meet her. She goes to church here, um, and that this was in my mind. Like we we are we are together, sending our prayers to the Lord, and He's hearing them. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a huge deal. So here's why: because the presence of God in Leviticus is like in the tent of meeting, mm-hmm. but because Jesus is our sacrifice and high priest and we have the spirit living in us we are standing at the the entrance of the tent of meeting all the time and so we can be that function of priest to offer up prayers and offerings to the lord wherever we go and the veil has been torn yep the separation place that's a whole nother sermon though i was just say let's let's, let's go there the veil is torn (laughs) Let's do it. The the high priest the high priest has said, "This is done. I'm a sacrifice once and forever." That's Hebrews. Mm -hmm. Come on in. Mm -hmm. What what does he also say earlier? Come boldly before the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not with bells and ropes. Boldly to drag you out, and no sacrifice needed. Right, because the sacrifice has been made. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So we're priests. In function, mm-hmm. I like it. There you go. But see, the thing is, I'm not like, going to comment at all on that subject. You go from this moment to a few chapters later, and you got two of them dying. You know what I mean? It's just so Nadab and Abihu author unauthorized go. fire. Bunker, <laughs> <laughs> send it. But you Chapter also that. see that yeah. in the New Testament yep. too. After. Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. Chapter nine, God shows up after the whole process of setting apart. He shows up and then chapter 10, they offer fire, unauthorized fire, and they're dead. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's about them. Yep. They thought, man, that was cool. We liked what Jesus did or what God did there. That was a neat trick. Well, Let's see I if we can do it again. I think there's That's really, multiple I mean... possible reasons there. Uh, that was their dad's job. Mm-hmm. He's the high priest. They're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So they're taking dad's role. 
never take the role of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can't save people. We can't save people. We can't forgive people. Yep. And later on, it talks about they had drank some wine. and That's the first thing God instructs them with. He's like, listen, don't come into my presence drunk, jacked up. Yeah. All right? Get that's yourselves a, together. That's a whole other sermon. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you're going to function as a priest, at yeah. least be temperate. Use your, use your alcohol very responsibly at best. Yeah. Because God... God's judging that, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your worship and your your service. And at like the core of all of this, it's about the heart, mm-hmm. being in right relationship with God. So they were trying to do something that they weren't supposed to do, taking a role that they weren't assigned to do. Anas, Ananias and Sapphira, it wasn't that they, you know, didn't give all of their gift, but it's because they said they gave it all, and they were trying to promote themselves, elevate themselves to a a place where they weren't, you know, and it's all about our heart and in sacrifice and offering all this, God is trying to teach us. He wants us to have a right heart with Mm. him. That his worship is pure focused. Well, it's, Mm -hmm. and it's not, you've mentioned this before, but it's not part of you, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's all of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, ear, the thumb and the toe. Yeah. They cleanse the priest. They cleanse all of them. It wasn't just part of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I've heard uh, Greg Zapp on KJ Country and WXF sometimes do the news, where he reports on traffic accidents mm-hmm. or, or crazy things that happened, and he I've heard him say it multiple times, and surprise surprise there was alcohol involved, you know. Um, I I just I just see Nate Ebb and a Bayou going, you know they're 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 drunk, and I said, would it be cool? Watch this. And they walk in to offer a fire. You know, let's do Dad's thing. Let's let's make let's make the glory of the Lord appear to people. Mm-hmm. And they they die, mm-hmm. they die. The other brothers learn because uh, they didn't do things quite right either. No, they didn't, but they didn't die, <laughs> which is interesting. Of course, in essence, fire in the New Testament are not the only people mm-hmm. to lie and cheat and conspire. Um, but they're the ones that died. I think it's an it's an example. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just right out of the gate. God's God's teaching them a lesson. Yep. I, I mean, I'm serious about this business. Do yep. it right. Do it right. Hmm. How long have we been going? Heavy stuff. Long. Long. I mean, how long? Studio audience says forty three. That's just... like Matt's sermon length. <laughs> Easy. There was no <laughs> clock at Clay County campus, so I mean, I'm kind of on my own here. You know, there's a there's a count up. Not thing. last not, week. Not last they, week. They they redid Pro Presenter. Yeah. And the best part was, is I sent you know like we're supposed to send all of our sermon texts we're gonna use, right? And so uh, I sent it to, on Thursday to Jolene, and some of it was highlighted green, some of it wasn't highlighted green. Green in my notes is the non-negotiables. Like I'm reading this, and the other ones are like if I have time. Well, I decided on Friday I got time. <laughs> <laughs> so I show up, and she's like. Hey, I just put the the green ones in. Do you want all of them? And she's like, I thought there's no way you wanted all of them. (laughs) Full send. Let's go. (laughs) Twenty two of them. I I got lots of messages saying they were very excited for me to come this week. Perfect. I got a lot of messages too. (laughs) Like Glad you're you're, not coming back. You're not coming back, right? So I went back I I was like a couple of weeks ago I preached and the clock said consistently forty five. 44, 45 minutes. It was not 
Somebody's playing games with the clock. The best part was... Listen to him laugh. It started out with like 16 what, minutes. What happened, though, was it turned out to be going... People were like, it did not feel like 45 minutes. Which is the greatest compliment yeah, when you're preaching. That is you true. know, like, that's better than good sermon. Like, yeah. oh, I did not feel like we were here an hour. Yeah, there was no more... That was no more than 40 minutes. Actually, it was 25. Thank you very much. I turned around at the end of your intro, and I looked, and I was like, he's 18 minutes into this? Yeah. What in the world? Good call, I think, I think we found out Good that call. it started off at 10 minutes. Is that... Yeah. That's okay. okay. Huh. Hallelujah. Is that a message? Do that every week. Subtle, is that a subtle message? It Maybe. worked. Actually, it didn't work. Because you were just like, wow. That's like yeah, the, it did work because I just had to go, I got more to say, but I'm done. That's the millennial uh, passive-aggressive. You know, somebody... coming out, so... Somebody told me at the Clay County campus that one of the things that you do is you set a timer. Mm-hmm. And then when you hit the timer, you're like, well, I'm done. Let's pray. <laughs> and they, they suggested that I do that. <laughs> yeah. That's but, a pretty strong hint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not listening, but, you know. Don't you like it when, when people go like, for me, they go, am I preaching next week? <laughs> <laughs> I might bring a friend. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're not up. A, okay. Not yeah, at the Clay no, County campus. Here. They're like, oh, you're up? You're, ah, wait a week. <laughs> Clay County campus. They're like, Andrew's coming back next week, right? <laughs> yeah, he'll be here. <laughs> he quit. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. So much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're long. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Rethink Podcast. Rethink Podcast.